You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the fam explain them to you. If there's a thing you wanna explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! We did it! Yay! All right. Hello, Diana, and hello, listeners. Hi, Avalon, and I guess the listeners. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. That weirdly tan Diana is Diana. It's tan for me, so it's not really tan tan. But it is noticeable. Thank you. And that freshly washed haired girl <laughs> is Avalon. It's dry. It's just that I was camping for a week, so it was the first wash in a while. It's, it, I put too it, it much looks, conditioner. It's like real shiny from the conditioner in it. It does. You look like a border collie. It's beautiful. I do. This is what I look like. Ugh. All right. Um, so this is... Femsplained. Femsplained. Yep. Yeah. What's yep. that? Femsplained is a Border Collies-only clubhouse podcast where two vaguely tan, pale femme humans get to nerd out over something that they feel passionate about. It's very specific to this week's episode. Yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that people of every gender and non-gender can't listen, laugh, and learn with us. But we just feel like it's important and powerful to have femme-led, candid conversations about our experiences. Heck yeah. Last week, we did a mutual femsplained, but I don't remember what it was about. Oh, Orphan Black. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Orphan I've Black. Been, I've, I'm really off. I've, I've been out of touch with the world for about a week. Anyway, Orphan Black episode, just because the theme was forgettable for me, doesn't mean the episode was forgettable for you. You should go listen to it. It was amazing. The end. I- and Tatiana Maslany has since been nominated for Emmys. Yay! So I'm pretty excited about that. Yay, Orphan Black. And I think we can um, draw a, a direct conclusion that it was because of the, the hype from our podcast that really pushed yeah. her over the edge for the nomination. There's no question in my mind that it was us that did it. But we're going to do something different this week. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a serious topic because we're trying to we're trying to keep our roots as, you know, educated feminist persons. Yeah, I actually anticipate that while this topic is technically serious, that the amount of anecdotes that we'll have will mean <laughs> that it's not super serious. Yeah, it's just it's serious in name only. But I mean, I think I think I'm not ready to talk about it yet. I feel like there's something missing. Yeah, we need someone to warm it up, warm up the podcast crowd a little bit. <laughs> we need our hype man. We need our hype man. <laughs> All right, Francis, the mansplainer has one minute on the clock. In a mansplain minute. Putting one minute on the man, watch, and go. Anxiety. Alright, so, I'm dating a girl, and she's acting all weird. And I'm like, what's your deal? What's your problem today? And she's like, it's my anxiety. I've got anxiety. And I'm like, what are you anxious about? And she's like, it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't work that way? If you're anxious, 
Tell me what you're anxious about, and then we'll fix that thing. I'm a problem solver, so I come at these situations with my thinking cap on. But she doesn't want to hear it, so at this point I'm thinking, maybe she's just being dramatic. But I don't say that aloud, because if you say that aloud, they get mad. So instead, I do some WebMDing, and I'm like, hey, why don't you do some deep breathing? Why don't you go to yoga? Why don't you talk to a counselor? There's some pills you can take. And she's still not having any of it, and she's like, you just don't get it. I don't get it. What's there to get? You're being a drama queen. Plain and simple. And then I got dumped. And that is your Mansplain Minute. All right. I don't know how to react to that. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm sure it's very eloquent. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about anxiety, which is something that we know a lot about. We do know a lot about it. I think we know a lot about it academically and personally. I think yeah, we no. are professionals. <laughs> For we this are topic. Definitely professionals. Highly qualified. I, I actually don't know what you're talking about. I only know about it uh, from textbooks and from all of my research. I've never experienced it. I'm not experiencing it right now. Man, wouldn't that be nice? I know. What's that like, I guess? I don't know. Listeners, write in and tell us what it's like to not have anxiety. <laughs> We're very curious. You know what? I don't believe you. If anyone says that, I don't believe you. The thing is, I do. I know some people who straight up do not experience it, except in rare cases where it's warranted, which I think doesn't count. Like, I think. No, it definitely doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. It's just a stress response. It's healthy. It's your yeah. body keeping you alive. Yeah, exactly. So yes. I think. <laughs> well, fuck I think, them. I imagine they're very boring and hard to relate to. Uh, that's, and I hate them. And I mean, Avalon wants them dead. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe if I no. eat their hearts raw, I'll be better. Yeah, that's how you cure your anxiety. That's <laughs> the that's where the academia comes in. That's the proven cure for anxiety disorders. It's true. I have a degree. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, well, shit, Diana. One. There's so oh. much to say about anxiety. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell me about your when you first realized you had anxiety and oh, you weren't man. just experiencing things yeah. like a normal so, person. So I've no <laughs> so I've had I, I've been an anxious person like mo like for most of my life, but I didn't know what it was or know that it was anxiety. Right. Until uh, sometime in college when a doctor first told me that what I was saying was anxiety. So like, all right. So when I was a little kid, I had health problems that were undiagnosed and no one believed that they were real, mm. which is when I first started feeling anxiety because I was feeling things wrong and telling people about it and they were going, nothing's wrong. And so the disconnect in my brain was causing me to freak out because yeah. I was like, well, something's wrong. And all the adults are going, nothing's wrong. Right. So I had a lot of anxiety about that when I was a kid. And then that got validated when I got diagnosed with lupus and that sort of went away mm -hmm. and that disappeared for a couple of years. Then in college, all of a sudden, one day, I had a massive panic attack that kind of hit me by surprise. And it was the textbook like, my heart is stopping. My mm -hmm. like head feels like it's on fire. 
uh, I have pains like running down my arm. Like you really feel like you're having an actual uh, heart attack yeah. and you uh, need to go to the emergency room right away, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, that lasted for like like eight hours. That mm. one panic attack like did not stop for many, many, many hours. And when I finally did go to the emergency room and they suddenly like they did an EKG and they took my blood pressure and my blood pressure was high, but everything else was normal. And then like it started to just drop off. And the doctor was like, oh, I, that was a panic attack. Yeah. And I was like, no, right, <laughs> you're right. wrong. It feels so real. Yeah. It felt so real. That was a heart attack. And then... I, I wasn't truly, truly convinced until finally, like, one of my doctors gave me a Xanax prescription and was like, next time you feel that, mm-hmm. take this. If it's a heart attack, it's not going to go away yeah. if you take this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that happened. Like, I had another one of those massive, like, I'm going to drive myself to the ER because I'm already dead. Yes. And then instead I took the the like 0.25 baby Xanax mm-hmm. and it went away and I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm dealing yeah. with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, what, so that's, uh, Do you remember what triggered your first one? The big one? Yeah, I do. I had gotten a, a phone call that uh, like a lifelong friend had died. Oh, geez. Um, and I was I was high at the time, oh. which was very, very normal for me for many, many years prior and pretty much every day. So it was not like it was very abnormal for me to have yeah. paranoia or anxiety with well, marijuana. But then I guess that culmination of those two things and then it just turned into. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 And then what triggered it after that? Well, lots of things, but okay. primarily like smelling the smell of marijuana was was one of like the big uh, time triggers. And I, it was like, it was a very like common player in my life during those years. Like it was, you know, all my friends and it was just always around and it was in college. So you like walk down campus and the smell's there. So it was just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so that, that feels so. like more of like a, PTSD than an anxiety disorder, like well, than like a I mean, generalized they... anxiety disorder. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're in like the family, it's an and I yeah, yeah it is. in um, the umbrella. So but that's, that's like definitely val- yeah. valider. <laughs> well, that's that's what my doctor had said. It was is yeah. more of a PTSD response. But then at like over time, like once that one big anxiety attack like happened, yeah, anxiety was suddenly like a huge like. Thing emotion in my life that I was almost always feeling whereas before that I was almost never feeling it uh so then that's when I started having things like social anxiety or anxiety just where like a situation would happen and I would avoid it because of no reason at all being you know yeah so it, it it just sort of like once I had felt that feeling it I don't know it just appeared so yeah. much more in my life yeah oh that's very interesting how was your um performance prior 
in terms of like motivation, academics, professional, like all of those things. Oh my God. I was an A student, A, B student in college. I was a member of like so many organizations. I was a volunteer and a program organizer on campus. I had like tons and tons of friends and like I had zero fears about being a freaking weirdo in public like uh none of those things affected me uh whatsoever prior to that then I started struggling in school like to the point of like if I missed a class I was never going back because I was petrified to correct like any mistake like frozen in fear not leaving my dorm room uh for days at a time because just random attacks of fear uh, for no reason whatsoever oh god just uh like not ever answering text messages back from from people (laughs) um just never responding because if i took more than a couple of hours to respond in my head they will never forgive you for that it's there's it's over it's done done. yeah so i i just lost all contact with like all people i kind of i didn't i didn't completely give up on my community service program i stuck with it but I started kind of not feeling the motivation to go. I wasn't going every single week. I wasn't like taking charge of it like I normally did. And and it, so that I only just barely uh, held on to. And then I dropped out of school. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was, I mean, thing. this was during like the just been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and PTSD Mm -hmm. and having no like reliable medication for it whatsoever not being in therapy for it and not even like truly understanding or accepting what it was so that all happened in like that one like couple month period of my life so that was that was the worst it's since obviously I still live with like super uh, anxiety problems but it's nothing like that uh anymore thankfully yeah yeah have you like did you ever get decent therapy yeah i i've had i've had oh god i've had some i've had some not so decent therapy sure yeah this will be this will be something that maybe you can help me uh figure out the terminology because i've got i went through like several different types of therapists yeah and one was like so one was like a um what i would guess is like a straight talk therapist that like someone with no disorders of any kind would go to to just like talk about their day i don't know and like i don't know what her role really was but she didn't offer any feedback she didn't say anything really to me just let me sort of like talk for a little while and then was like okay i'll see you next week like uh which what was her degree I don't remember. This was the first one that I went to when things were bad. Okay. And the zero, like, response from her Mm -hmm. made me not want to tell her what I was actually thinking. So I just sort of, like, I I wound up just, like, saying, like, what my day was like. And then just being like, okay, I guess (laughs) 
goodbye. So that didn't do anything. I just remember that her apartment was all plants. Like there were so many gigantic tall plants. Sure. (laughs) That the the plants that like reminded me of the sculptures in Beetlejuice in the movie. Like they were just like (laughs) so towering and spiky and and very. Not great for anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, No, I just like the fact that those plants stuck out in my mind (laughs) after Mm -hmm. all this time is like. That was that was it. Um, and then I went to like this real crunchy lady who like Ooh. made me like draw in the sand and huh. do like breathing exercises and oh. stuff like that. Yeah. And she was m- much more helpful. The breathing exercises in particular, like and also like being aware of things that I was doing when I was anxious, like whenever my like anxiety was starting to come up. Like, I didn't realize I was doing these things with my hands. Like, I was, like, pulling at, like, the backs of my hairs or that I would keep, like, opening and closing. This was, you know, flip phone time. And I would keep, Mm -hmm. like, opening and closing my phone or things like that. And she, like, made me kind of aware of those things and, like, noticing signs before before you go too full force into the panic attack where it's the point of no return and you can't come back. Yeah, uh, so and probably like, mindfulness. G- yeah, so she she gave me some tips with that, and that was really good. And I think she was the most helpful. And then I don't remember. There was like a gap, uh, and then I tried to find other therapists, and they weren't ever like quite as helpful as her until I did like, I think what is called like psychotherapy, mm. maybe, right? Maybe. That sounds, maybe, which, you know, I had to do a lot of like reflection and journaling and like. Did you uh, was it more like making plans and like and making goals, plans and goals? Behavioral. Oh yeah, yeah. The first one was right. probably psychotherapy because it's just a lot of like you come to your own conclusions by talking your way through things. See, you yeah. understand what these things are, and I don't. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> um, I so yeah. So I think it was probably the the. Mm. CB, CBT? Is CBD. That CBD. Yeah. CBT. Yeah, you're right. CBT. CBD is something else. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, like, going on long-term medications instead of just rescue medications. Yes. Which was, like, a big, huge help on top of being a big, huge pain in the ass. Because, yeah. like, the first three that you try, like ruin your sex drive and make you gain 400 pounds and like make you want to punch your sister or whatever and then <laughs> and then like finally you find one that's like okay like you only sort of want to punch your sister and <laughs> you only get 200 pounds and you still want to have sex sometimes it's good um yeah do you remember the medications oh yeah paxil was the worst one for me the absolute worst one the second one I tried, uh, also really bad. I remember like like not being able. I was with someone long term, and just it just like suddenly just all activity stopped in that department and oh. could not. Yeah, could not happen whatsoever. No matter how much I like wanted to, it was just not going to happen. And then I went on Wellbutrin, which I know is like commonly uh, known to be sort of like for many people and not all people a answer to those problems. And it was and is uh, the best for me. Well, that's great. So a lot of the ones that you mentioned are like they treat anxiety, but they're primarily for depression. 
Mm-hmm. So do you, is that part of your experience with them as well? Is that it's helped with any kind of secondary depression symptoms or has that never been a problem? No, because with me, my depression always was a direct result of the consequences mm-hmm. of my anxiety. Of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got depressed when my anxiety was keeping me from leaving the house right. and I stopped ruining seeing my friends life. and ruining yeah. my life. <laughs> yes. Like I was not depressed before that. Like even when like, you know, in my life before that, when bad things happened, like I experienced sadness in I what I think was a normal amount. I never like experienced being like truly and like clinically or chemically depressed before anxiety like took over my life yeah uh so i didn't i didn't feel i never felt and i still don't feel like i needed to primarily be treated for uh, depression yeah it's funny because i was under the i don't remember talking super directly with you about mental health stuff when we lived together i just thought Mm -hmm. like it was kind of implied that we were sort of on the same page with some stuff oh yeah yeah (laughs) but i thought it was just i thought you were just depressed i didn't not like constantly but i thought that that was like your struggle i didn't I don't have any recollection of you seeming anxious about anything. I, unless it's major panic attack time, yeah, most you won't know. Mm. I, I will know. Mm. <laughs> I will, uh, I will be quietly uh, freaking out. And unless you know, like me, me, like I still do, like this thing a lot where yeah. I'm like playing at the back of my scalp or other little like ticks that I have that might like give it away. But mostly I like internalize and I go inside of yeah. my own self and hide there uh, while I'm experiencing it. Very rarely do I have like the rocking back and forth, shaking anxiety attacks. Uh, it's, it's all <laughs> yeah. inside. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that vulnerable anxiety journey. It sounds like you're in a good place currently. Oh, my God. So much better. Like, yeah, yeah, to be able to talk about it um, like this was not, you know, always the case. Not for many years, even after my symptoms got a little less extreme. It's still it's nice now because like uh, people are a little vocal about it sometimes in mm-hmm. like humor and things which yeah. I, I really appreciate because yes, it me makes me feel like related to yeah, yeah. Um, which is nice but yeah so it's it's a little easier to to talk about it now when it's not like the primary emotion that I am always feeling yeah um yeah so what about you Avalon what's your story well your anxiety um, journey so Like a big part of, like a big part of all of my mental health problems kind of revolve around being brought up in like a very bootstrapping culture. And by that, I mean, I guess subculture, I mean more so. So like, I'm a kid of two people in the army. Right. Um, I I don't know. Like my, my family moved here from scotland not that long ago and like there's a lot of like emotional repression (laughs) um and uh you know i'm sure that there are other cultures that maybe have that kind of association more so but i definitely had it took me a really long time to let myself off the hook about things for long enough to like actually deal with them and address them so the first thing that my that i'm inclined to say is that i don't have a valid reason for my stuff like you do (laughs) Um, oh hockey and i know 
I, I can try and I can kind of step back and be like, that's not really a thing. But like legitimately, like I don't have like a reason to be fucked you up. Don't like you don't have like a you don't have like a memory of something that like, do you remember your first panic attack? Do you remember that at all? Or is it just a. Well, so, OK, so I and I know we're really honing in on anxiety with this, but my journey involves a couple of different diagnoses. But I I was diagnosed as depressed in, I think, like seventh grade. Mm -hmm. and had never attempted suicide, but I had a lot of ideation uh, on and off from that point, like, on for my whole life. And it wasn't until... And, like, depression was, like, the root of all my problems. Like, I was an underachiever in school. I was a lazy piece of crap. I was a procrastinator. I always tested well, but, like, I never lived up to anybody's hopes for what I would accomplish. And I just felt like the worst. And then the first time I tried to get an undergraduate degree before I dropped out, um, <laughs> I, I was finally given antidepressants, but I was partying a lot. And it was not um, yeah. So, like, I would be feeling great, and then I would... I mean, it wasn't like I was, like, doing blow. Like, I was just, like, going to parties. Like, I was just drinking a lot of beer. Um, But the next day, my emotional crash was, like, huge. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really realize what was happening. And then, I swear to God, this has nothing to do with my mental health. But I did (laughs) have a gun pulled on me (laughs) in my dorm. (laughs) I forgot about this. (laughs) And it was... It was by a football player, and the school covered it up in a weird way. It was they like, do that. They do. Yeah, it was like the yeah. year after Virginia Tech, so like shootings wasn't weren't like a big thing, but it was like a little fresh. This person was not somebody who was going to go shoot up a bunch of people. It was somebody who had like a lot of toxic masculinity going on, and they weren't like trying to assault me or rob me in any way. They were literally like, they just thought it was fun me. To scare people, right? And like, and like, masculine and and tough to just in like be a masculine like, tough way, here, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cute. I I I pursued talking to like the dean of students and stuff about how like that was not so cool that it happened, and then the school quote unquote lost the disciplinary file, and then did not punish that student in any way or even put that student in a different dorm building than me. Yep. Um, And so he was just sort of waiting outside of my door like a week later to like talk to me about how uncool it was that I had done that. And so I transferred. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because also it was like a liberal arts school and I was paying a bajillion dollars. Uh, And my second semester with the depression, you know, I was making C's and that was like a big deal for me. And um, so I dropped out, tried again at a big public school in the South, which I hate. And while I was there, I got depressed. I got a little weird. I had like two hookups in the span of two weeks that like weren't even like, there wasn't even penetration. It was like I made out with two people. But like for me, that was really scandalous. Yeah. And I also impulsively got a tattoo. And so I went to counseling and they were like, oh, you're bipolar. So then I went on this whole bipolar train of medication, which is definitely not accurate. Yeah. It was not having a manic episode. mm -hmm. I just made out with two people and like was trying to feel something or like discover myself as a 19 year old. Uh, Like, yeah. (laughs) Knowing what. A manic episode looks like now. That's hysterical. I know. Like I know. <laughs> like <sighs> wow. 
so yeah, so I was quote unquote bipolar for like a minute, which I did actually feel good about because I thought that that diagnosis was more valid than depression in my mm. mind. Yeah, the weird things that we yeah uh, assign like, importance in our mind. Yeah, you can in my mind you can bootstrap depression, but if you have like mania, then you've been dealt a card and you're not fully responsible for being a fuck up. Yeah. So that was that. Dropped out of school again couple months after that (laughs) and then I transferred again to uh Stony Brook right and when I was at Stony Brook I started taking advantage of the counseling for depression and they were like no you just have anxiety like you may also have depression but we really need to hone in on this anxiety which for some reason no one has ever brought to your attention before um (laughs) and they put me in like mindfulness groups that were like eight week programs of where you do meditation with other students with anxiety disorders. And it was life changing. That I didn't awesome. have anxiety for like three solid years after that. It was so impactful and so positive. That's really great. And just like being alone with myself meditating, like around people who were also being silent. Like I just remember crying a lot. It was gross, but it was really healing and it was very mm-hmm. good. Uh, It also put a lot of things into context that had been in my past that I thought were just sort of like Avalon gets the freakouts things that I realized had been panic attacks, but no one had ever addressed. I specifically used to get like weird, like super irrational, rapid cycling thoughts that are hard to hard to explain. But like Mm -hmm. late at night, if I was feeling really freaked out, it would be really like oh my god, and the reset button, and like, what if like, oh my god, what is it like when you cut off a pinky? And like, I don't even know yeah, what's happening Yeah, no, intrusive right now. thoughts are a weird part of anxiety. And like, super, yeah. super rapid fire. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just thought like, maybe I was like low-key schizophrenic. <laughs> like, I had no idea about rapid intrusive thoughts as a panic attack symptom. Yeah. Um, not that, I, I don't think I've experienced that in a long time, but But yeah, it was just nice to have that context. And so ever since then, I think I've just been able to be like, hey, I'm somebody with anxiety who can recognize that a thing that I'm doing is typical of anxiety. And I surround myself with people who are able to laugh about anxiety. And so it's just a thing and it's fine. Yeah. You know, like I had a really good work crew where we would just be like, whoop, we're sweating. Like, we're sweating for no reason. Like, yeah. Um, I'm having all the social anxiety today, and I don't know why. I had a weird interaction in the bathroom. It is fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that has been very healthy for me, is being able to, like, deal with it with humor. Oh, my God. That's so helpful. Yeah. It's wonderful. I'm so sweaty right now. <laughs> oh, are you really? Me too. Did you see how, like, red and blotchy my forehead is? It's ridiculous. I, I didn't notice because... It's fuzzy today. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Only I can. I gotta sit differently because of the sweat that's coming out of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to cut that out? No. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, that was harder than I thought because I talk about it a lot. So, yeah. So, I think I'm in a good place right now. I'm on medicine right now that is more depression, but also does anxiety, blah, blah, blah. But I still catch myself. Mostly my anxiety now manifests as irritability, which is not ideal. But, like, if I'm anxious, I get really cranky. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, like, snip. Yeah, that's when you get all terse at me and then I and then I have anxiety. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened before. I'm teasing you. <laughs> Has it? I do that to Francis a lot. You do, you do it. Yeah. 
just a little bit sometimes it's it's fine because i know what it is it's fine yeah it's fine if i'm in traffic i'm like real mean oh yeah traffic makes me a bitch as well so in addition to generalized anxiety and maybe some social anxiety are there any environmental triggers that get you like i am increasingly bad in crowds crowds are weirdly all right actually i should i should clarify there because big big crowds like i won't as much as i love conventions like i go to conventions a lot i go to smaller ones um typically i've seen pictures of comic-con and dragon con Mm -hmm. and like y'all have fun (laughs) i i don't think that that level of crowd is something that i can handle myself in but one weird like there's some weird places that do it for me like i have panic attacks in movie theaters really just because one of the early like before i knew what they were or understood them panic attacks happen in a movie theater so sometimes like those lights go down and i feel like and and also feeling like the if i get up to leave this place it is a big deal like And that, like, makes me feel like I can't go, which makes me feel trapped, which makes... Yeah, yeah. It's that feedback loop that's happening. Boats are a thing as well. Uh, I'm not great. Well, I have a fear of open water as well. That's always existed. It has... It uh, predates my anxiety disorders, but it's real. Uh, And also, it's that enclosed, you can't go if you want to. If you are in trouble, you can't go anywhere. Uh, Locations are what what do it for me. Really excited to go camping, (laughs) which I I really legitimately am, but I do know that I'm going to have to be very, very mindful and make sure that I'm prepped to be on an island. Well, you can see all of, like, you can see the mainland. It's not that That's far. true. It's like, yeah. it would be a very difficult swim, but it doesn't look like it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I think it's going to be fine. But, like, I would not, like, I would not, like, smoke weed on that island because I would have a massive panic attack mm. probably. So, yeah. That's fair. I get really weird about places that, um, like, I'm claustrophobic, but I, like, I'm straight up claustrophobic. Like, I'm more and more avoidant of going in elevators if I can help it, um, not just for healthy lifestyle choices. But I'm way more weird about, like, human body claustrophobia. Like, if I perceive that there is any potential for, like, a stampede if something happens, or, like, where, you know what I mean? Like, that. Like, you're not going to Black Friday. No. <laughs> and, and I'm really bummed to say that I um, I have a hard time with concerts for that reason, increasingly. Mm-hmm. Like, especially pe- being with people who, like, want to be in the front, which is, I think, a totally reasonable thing to want. But, like, if I turn around and realize how many humans are between me and the exit, it's it's a little, I get a little clammy, a little, a little unhappy. Um, concerts were one of my absolutely never agains uh, mm-hmm. for a while. It was another one of the, like, first panic attacks I ever had. I went, and it was really upsetting because it was Coheed and Cambria. And it was only the second time that I saw them. And I went, and it was right after I started having panic attacks. So they were still really new. And I went in, and I forgot to bring my Xanax prescription with me. And I knew, I had noticed that I forgot it, which... 
yeah. sent me on the spiral. That's why and, I can't do it. I'm so afraid of Xanax. Because, like, what if I don't have it? And it makes it worse because I know I don't have it. Yeah. Conversely, though, sometimes the opposite is also true. Like, now that I'm not really dependent on it, the fact that it is around keeps my yeah. anxiety down. Because I'm just like, oh, if it ever happens, I'll be okay. That's fair. Um, and I but, don't really have panic attacks. I have, like, right anxiety episodes mm-hmm. where I'm just like, I don't like this. And I'm grouchy and I need to fix the situation even though it's kind of irrational. But I don't I I don't really have like like e break, like hard stop. Now yeah. we're having anxiety. This was like I was in the concert hall and the music also like I was still very like fixated like on the like weird heart symptoms that yes. I was getting. So the so music the was like thumping in yeah. my chest and it made everything so, oh my God, I'm so glad you understand what that is. Yeah, um, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that I've experienced it, but it makes perfect sense. And so I had to leave yeah. and go outside and I was devastated because this was like one of the few times I'd gone out with one of my friends too. Mm. And it was my favorite band. I hadn't seen them in a couple of years. And, you know, it was just... It was really, you know, it it was just a a bad, bad moment. But thankfully, somehow, I guess what sort of made things better was got kind of worse at first. But the the heart symptoms that I was fixated on turned Mm -hmm. out to be somewhat real. Oh. In a way that they were not life-threatening, but they were um, being caused by a symptom of lupus and could be mitigated. Sure. So... From then on, like when I was having panic attacks, those like heart attack symptoms started to be less. And so that was something that was, I don't know, it made it more easy to, to pull myself out yeah. of them whenever they did happen. And then I was slowly able years later to start going back to concerts. Mm. I still get a little like Ye- nervous <laughs> beforehand, but like the hype uh is is usually able to like override system override yeah so that's gotten better i have a very hard time my i want to say one of my biggest things is uh public transportation Mm. specifically if it's not something i've done before and i'm not i don't i don't know if this is a social anxiety or a generalized thing but being i think being perceived by strangers that like I don't know what I'm doing or I'm new to doing something or I'm lost Mm. or I'm dumb. These things are are very silly. But if I go to a new city and I have to take public transportation that I haven't done before, it's a huge problem for me. And I would like walk 10 miles rather than take like a bus and have to figure out how the tokens work. Like I just yeah, I don't know what that people. is, but that that is one of the things that's very annoying for me because I'll pay a lot of money for a cab sometimes <laughs> that I don't really yeah. have, um, just so that I don't have to figure out what like a subway to bus transfer looks like. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I I get that a lot. I and then mine there's just, also there's yeah. people claustrophobia, and also the subway is underground, and also it smells like pee, and also maybe it will break down. Yeah, in a tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> subways. I hate it. Subways. Are, subways are very scary. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they are. I weirdly mine is buses. Um, oh, buses not are worse. Subways. Yeah. I don't know why. Because you interact with people more on buses. I don't know why. If it's just because everyone's front facing, but people don't mind their fucking business on a bus. 
and like yeah i don't know it feels like intimate to be on a bus with somebody and also the weird like you're paying someone directly yes. like when, which is a weird transaction we don't do it any other like i don't even do that with cabs anymore you i don't never have to hand anyone money no <laughs> there's we, no so we just got back from um vancouver as you know and we took a bus mm-hmm. one night and i mean you had a currency exchange on top of it yeah and it was the worst and so we were sitting there waiting <laughs> told francis like i needed him to go first and completely handle the entire situation and he did a terrible job and the bus <laughs> drove off without us <laughs> and so then we had to go to like a 7-eleven that was nearby and like ask them how much does the bus cost per person can you give us change for that times three all this stuff then we had to go back to the bus and like figure it out and like they it was weird because he gave it and then it didn't give you change. And like, what's going on? Where's our stop? I don't know. Ugh. The worst, worst. I hate it. I worst hate thing it. I could imagine. I'm sweating so much. We took a cab back. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> I know. Great choice. Oh, God. I'm awful. sticking to my chair in the worst way. Uh, yeah, so that's the worst. What is the most like negatively impactful thing? in your life overall from having an anxiety disorder? I mean, I would say, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely the, the delay in my graduation was, mm. was the most negatively impactful. Not just because obviously it degra- delayed my, my bachelor's degree and delayed me wanting to, you know, move forward with my education. But it also, that failure, like, seeped into others like the job that I am in now I've been qualified to do this job for years and years but I only felt qualified to apply to it after finishing my bachelor's degree yeah for no reason like it but no not having that completed made me feel like I wasn't worth doing a job that I was 100% not just on paper qualified for but in my actions, in my like talents and skills. So it not having that finished uh, negatively impacted me. It impacted my self-esteem to the point where like I didn't think that I was worth the things and some people capitalized on that and <laughs> and and used it as a, a reason to put me down and that was very effective yes. because I already agreed with it in my brain. Yeah. Um, That's how I got you on this stupid podcast. Yeah. You took advantage of your low self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> but like if I had not, you know, if, if that had not happened, but also like, okay, I, so I had dropped out. I started taking classes almost immediately after dropping out, mm-hmm. but I was afraid to go back to the school and ask them if I could transfer my credits back oh, and get yeah. my degree, yeah. even though I had been finished. Like I had gone over the amount of credits that I needed uh, by the time that this, that by the time that I did get up the courage to go there. So that, that totally fear of going to back <laughs> to that place and being like, can I? have what I've worked for now, please. Yeah. Um, felt terrifying to me. So I delayed that. I just avoided going uh, or calling or asking or sending a stupid email about any of it. Mm-hmm. And 
so I prolonged that. So it all a lot snowballed from that one very big, uh, like failure or perceived failure. You yeah. know that that snowballed into a lot of things for me. So that's mine. What's your big one? Ugh. Well, I will say that I would have been in the same position as you academically, but I had the like extreme fortune of one of my parents calling me after I had dropped out and moved to Long Island and being like, you could go to college for free because we're in the army. And so I, I was having a tremendous amount of like lack of self-worth and thinking that I would never achieve any of my dreams uh, and that I was a super huge loser and I was just working at Macy's and I would just be working at Macy's forever. Um, oh, can we do a Femsplained about working at Macy's? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and if it, honestly, if I hadn't had that opportunity, like, I don't know if I would have been able to finish. Um, yeah. You know, and I was able to finish for that reason. And I actually had a really good experience at Stony Brook, I think because of those fucking mindfulness groups. I finished oh, super strong. Absolutely. And I yeah. I just felt like a normal person. It was awesome. I would say that the biggest the biggest chip on my shoulder I have about anxiety is that it I'm very, very afraid to fail and to be bad at things to the point where I won't I won't put myself in a position where I could fail, so I just won't try. And I think that, that my biggest regret with that has been creatively. Because mm-hmm. I've spent my entire life, I think I'm a, I feel stupid saying it. I think I'm a creative person. Like, um, you're a very creative person. I talk about it all the time. Well, thank you. And it, but it honestly hasn't been until the last two or three years that I've been able to sort of put myself out there creatively and like try and fail and be bad at things and just sort of suck it up. And I still hate it like a lot, mm-hmm. but it took me, like, I think that if I had been comfortable trying and failing and getting back up again, I could be pretty kick-ass at something by now. <laughs> um, yeah. Whether it's music or whatever the fuck, like visual arts, I don't know. Well, um, guess what? You are, though, because I remember, I vaguely remember at least, uh, you having some of these like fears and, and anxieties when you first started trying burlesque, and like now you're like a burlesque hero. Well, that's true. I'm not a yeah. burlesque hero, but I am legitimately, like I've, I've You're performed a enough times that I feel like I, I can say I'm a burlesque performer and I'm not just a noob. Um, and I've produced shows and stuff like that. But you I've been talking about doing it for like a million years. Long before I moved to Long Island, I was like mentally gearing up to put myself out there and to try to perform or to audition. And I just never could pull the trigger on it. Right. So, and, like, if yeah. you had been able to do it all those years ago, imagine, like, how... Yeah, yeah. 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 Or yeah. even specifically, I think I mean it a lot with music, because one of my greatest regrets in life is that I, I haven't honed any kind of musical talent. Uh, and music is very important to me, and I feel very left out when I'm around other people who are musical. I feel really disappointed in myself, or, like, it's something that I was supposed to have achieved that I didn't. And partially it's because I had zero kind of any kind of music in my school, my high school. Like, right. But I have I have purchased like a solid five instruments that I have never learned to play because the second I touch them and I'm not good at it already, it, it makes me feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. The, the I, sound, I the immediate reinforcement of being bad at something from an instrument breaks my heart. And also, so yeah, so I'm stalled pretty heavily on the things that I think like would be my passions because of anxiety. That's my biggest regret. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I 
Uh, the anxiety is turning us both purple. Uh, it's <laughs> so blotchy. <laughs> we're, we're just changing colors. So I have like weirdly one of my like, do you have anything that like should makes you should make you anxious, but weirdly doesn't? Because I just thought of one based on what you just said. Probably. And I can't think of it. Being naked on stage. Yeah. 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 What is that? Yeah, it's fine. yeah I mean you know like at this point it's like it is what it is I'm way more concerned about what am I concerned about with the burlesque I'm concerned about not having a creative and interesting enough concept or not having a good enough like yeah pretty much that's the only thing I care about with that yeah or I've had a couple of horrifying incidents where I have like a wardrobe malfunction in that I can't get something off Oh, and yeah. the song is running and like I've only got three minutes and 30 seconds and then it's fucking off and my zipper is caught or my zipper is caught in my wig and there's just nothing <laughs> to be done or you know like you're oh those yeah so that's like the the bad stuff I don't give a fuck about being naked yeah some but I do at the gym yeah yeah or like I, I definitely have more anxiety about you know being naked like with a singular person that <laughs> That I, you know, am interested in than, like, for a performance, yeah. I feel unconditionally empowered by burlesque. And, like, I've always been performing with body-positive groups. So I guess maybe I would feel more vulnerable if, like, everyone was had, like, a certain idealized body type and then there was me. Like, I feel like we sort of... Everyone I perform with is, is like, a variety of bodies. And I just have never felt weird about it. That's really nice. yeah. Uh, is that what you were going to say for yours? Actually, it wasn't. That wasn't what I was going to say. I was going to say that I have this weird thing. When I try something that I'm bad at, it makes me angry, not anxious. And then I get very, very determined to God. <laughs> learn it. Like <laughs> I would give anything for that. Where, like, to the point where I was learning a game the other night. And the person teaching me the game was like, I'm going to let you win this one so you see how the mechanics work. And I was like, no, if you do that, I'm never playing this game again. Yeah. Come at, come for me and kill me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to get mad that I can't win. And I'm going to obsess about this game until I learn how to break it. Anger um, is my override as well. The only reason I tried or that I did burlesque at all is because Francis Columbus did. And it made Col- me so mad. <laughs> Oh, like he did it first? Well, like he, you know, I'd been obsessed with it for 10 years. And then he, for like six months, had learned about drag being a thing. Had never like even seen a drag performer. Had never watched Drag Race. Had never been a part of that community at all. Right. Felt like he like kind of pulled the rug out. He did. And he just instantly was like, he was able to be like, you know, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to try it. And went and was going to audition for the queer burlesque troupe in town as like a drag number and I was so mad and so threatened by it that I also auditioned yeah (laughs) Uh, and that's and that's the only and I wasn't even anxious about it it was just like god damn it like I have now I have to beat you to this because this was my thing so I guess pettiness is really the only pettiness (laughs) for my anxiety my um, big override, my big override is the mom override. Mom override, too, I was about to say. If I'm with somebody yeah. who's more anxious than me about it, or even mm-hmm. equally, but I care yeah. about them, like, I can t- turn it off and yep. do whatever. Time to care about you now. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. 
yeah. I agree. I'll pull you out of it and then I will go somewhere else and have my panic attack later. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had, yeah, I had one friend, I, I guess we're still friends, but I haven't talked to them that much, but they have maybe more anxiety than me. And it, it made me able to do things like, like I would always change the water cooler for them. <laughs> <laughs> and I never would have before. I just would have like died of dehydration. Um, right. Except that they were freaking out about it. And then I became like the water jug person <laughs> and I felt really <laughs> empowered. <laughs> I am like turned on by the image of you like hulking a wa- giant water cooler yeah. and being so cavalier about it. Yeah, that's basically what it was. That's fantastic. Oh, oh man. I was thinking the other day. So I got I was pretty drunk the other night. Um, sure. In a bathroom, and I think that bathrooms are always when you realize how drunk you are. At least for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because it's usually the first time you've stood up in like oh, a while since smart. drinking. Yeah. yeah. Like and like had to walk and navigate uh-huh. <laughs> like the first a new time. space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in the bathroom and it was a it was like a single stall bathroom, but it was it was a spacious one. And I am always in this situation where the second I'm really committed to peeing, I can't remember if I locked the door. Yeah. And it's like too far away for me to reach. And then I become obsessed with the fact, like, what am I going to do? I didn't lock it. What's going to happen when someone comes in here? So I <laughs> was drunkenly sitting there, and I was too drunk to actually care about that situation. But I was like, if we ever do an episode about anxiety, I feel like I do. I could do this public service announcement bit where it was like, my anxiety looks like. like and it's just a series of, like, totally fucking stupid things yeah. that I get way too freaked out about. And that's the only one I remember. I had, like, three of them. That's the only one I remember. It's just being in a fucking gas station bathroom, not being able to tell if you pushed the lock in. Yeah, yeah. Mine is like, I think like being so anxious that I spend money on a cab ride back to my house prematurely because I'm not sure if I left water for my dog or enough or like mm. if I, but like things that I knew I did but that somehow you just get the idea like, but what if I didn't? Yeah. And then you can't let go of that thought. So you drive yeah. your ass back home from from work or I mean, I've never done this with like a real professional job, but ghosting on shitty jobs because of anxiety has also been a thing that I've done. It's been a thing for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just never go back. No, like you miss one day or like yeah, you, you know it's gonna can't. be a weird talk. You can't, just never you can't go back. A weird talk. Yeah, no. I'm actually. Um, I I think I'm gonna have that weird talk in like an hour, and I'm really what? Out of it. Oh no! <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna like have the fired talk, but I think I'm gonna have the like scheduling was unclear, and it's your fault. Oh, right. Talk, and so I'm I'm sweating that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, airplanes. I'm totally fine, like, with crashing and burning, but getting to the gate both on time and getting through security and making sure I had my ID and I had all the shit I needed and, like, maybe I didn't actually even buy a ticket, which is something that's happened to me, like, twice, or, like, maybe I'm at the wrong airport. Yeah. Is all a lot. So I usually, if I'm driving to the airport, I have to pull over my car, like, three times to, to physically look at and make sure I have my driver's license with me. Yeah. Even though I just did it, and that I know is bad. I have no anxiety about getting 
to flights or trains on time. Like, oh. I have a weird fucking <laughs> attitude about that, but I'm petrified of, of airplanes. I'm petrified oh, to be on part. them. Yeah. I, the entire time, like, and I've only ever been on relatively short plane rides before. Mm. So, like, it's going to be a real trip when I come to visit you uh, oh, or go anywhere long. real. You'll have a layover, so it'll be two quick flights. Yeah, that sounds worse because the worst part is takeoff and landing. Mm. I have, um, I don't know, I attribute it to my anxiety, even though maybe I shouldn't, but um, my superpower is that I can fall asleep in any stressful situation. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of bad when, like, I'm anxious about, like, school, and it's just like, I can't handle this anxiety, so I'm going to take a nap. Um, But also, I can sit in my seat on an airplane during boarding, and I can say, takeoff is going to be the most stressful part. I better fall asleep so they sleep through it. And then I can just go to sleep. <laughs> that has never and will never happen to me. It is my no. it is my only superpower is that I can just put myself to sleep so that I don't have to deal with something. <laughs> my superpower is doing two shots before I get on an airplane so that I can airplane so that I can so breathe. I <laughs> yeah, I haven't discovered airplane drinking or pre-flight drinking, but that might be good. I'm fine once I get to my gate. You know? Oh, God, no. That's I, where it starts for me. I'm like, all right, now I'm here. Now I actually have to get on this airplane. Maybe that's why I'm so fuck it cavalier about getting there. Because, like, cause if I fuck up, I don't it. have to get on an airplane. <laughs> uh, I feel like a solid 75% of my dreams are about trying to navigate an airport so that I don't miss my plane. <laughs> that's a very high number. <laughs> it's really often. Um, yeah yeah it's really often it's bad what fun things are we forgetting going to the gym is hard for me starting new workout routines or like running outside where cars and pedestrians can see me and they can be like what does that person think they're they look like an idiot when they're running who are they kidding (laughs) oh god (laughs) you could not pay me to run outside you couldn't because of that or because it it won't happen because it sucks and because of that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Although I did walk outside all the way to the tailor today with my hair when it was doing like this. And I just like was, I don't know, I was really into Pokemon Go. And for some reason, I just did not care about it. I respect uh, that. But that's usually that's a big anxiety for me is that like going outside and my hair looks really bad. And, uh, and like obviously no one's looking at you. But like. I don't know. What I look if? at people. That's true. <laughs> You're like that, though. Um, Most people so, are like that. Mm, so let's see. Oh, can we talk, though, about post-panic attack sleep and how it is the best sleep of your whole life? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to. Okay. I don't know. It's just that, that, that you're in that fight or flight yeah. Um, endorphin fueled panic for so long you have a and then total when it finally exhaustion yeah yeah and then when it wears off you're just like you can just sink into whatever surface is nearby and it feels like a fluffy cloud of pillows and you just you just pass out into euphoria <laughs> it's like if i could if i could manufacture that i think you feeling. can i feel like it's like heroin Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I think that's in reverse, though, because then when that wears off, you are in a panic attack. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I because of because I usually have 
I would say like anxiety episodes, not panic attacks. I've slept in weird places due to panic attacks, though. Right. Your your sleep happens like it just happens just yeah. suddenly. But I've slept uh, in closets because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I've done that too. Okay. Good. Have you ever slept in a bathtub? No. Well, it's a good one. No, I don't think so. I also sometimes I just like if I'm really drunk, I rage sleep in weird places. Like Francis and I were staying in a hostel in New Orleans a few years ago and we got in a I we got in a drunk fight, um, which was mostly just me um, being a little too aggressively drunk. And to prove a point, I ran away from the hotel and slept under a staircase. Yeah. <laughs> Running away while in an drunk alley. is like a very, why is that a thing that we do? I don't know. I, I've gotten better about it as like I've gotten less angry as a person. Yeah. I don't think I've done. I've also run away and like slept in like briar bushes just to like make someone feel bad that I <laughs> ran away uh, drunk. So yeah. yeah, that's not really related to what you're saying. But no, not at all. But, but, but I do like the, that. Um, a lot of people understand the drunk runaway. Yeah. Um, I love the drunk runaway. The drunk runaway. I, that was a, a thing my friend Matt did a lot in college and that no one cared. And that, and, <laughs> but it, it still was like, a, <laughs> like, I just have this one memory where like, I was not quite as drunk as he was yet. We were walking from one room to another and our friend James was in front of us and Matt and I were behind and we weren't even talking. We were just going somewhere else to continue drinking and we passed a stairwell and Matt just grabbed me by the hand and was like, we're going. And like, <laughs> took me, like we ran down the stairwell and out into the courtyard and so far away. And like, James, when we finally went back, like James was just on his computer with his headphones on and was like, you done? <laughs> like, like <laughs> but it happened all the time. <laughs> I think that's why I stopped because people stopped caring. Well, yeah. Francis still does the drunk runaway, though. I feel like he did it on Eagle Island last year, and he hid <laughs> under under Andrew's tent. He, like, <laughs> shimmied his body between the tent and the ground. Sure. And was waiting for everyone to be upset that, like, maybe he had drowned or something, but nobody noticed he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but Andrew went into his tent to get something, and Francis was just like, don't tell anyone I'm here. <laughs> just a talking lump in the ground that's amazing yeah uh oh that's cute and well it was like a, a kind of a not fun eagle island year wasn't it it was like there was a lot of mess that happened oh you're right Th this funny thing was the year prior last year oh, was okay. just dumb yeah i mean there was some good stuff but well sure but it was just very it's... rainy right yeah everybody was everybody was having their own emotional problems i think <laughs> everyone brought a lot of mental health baggage and baggage to, to the island last year um well, maybe they left it there and like maybe the island used it for food you know yeah that fits they're like once floor. every once every six years the island requires a sacrifice of joy, <laughs> of joy. Yes. <laughs> to go feed it misery so that it can live again that makes sense i'm not well versed in it because i'm always drunk when i have to hear about it but there are like several guardian animals 
Yeah, I've heard about this. I am not going to learn about it. It's always a little tenuous. Yeah, no one really knows. It's really just something that Francis announces when he's really drunk, and then the rest of us are just kind of like, sure, yeah, the playful minx, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The rapture bird, of course, yes. Yeah, yes. So one of them, there must have been, like, a change in which of those animals was in charge. And whatever the one yeah. is that's, like, petulant bullshit. <laughs> it was <laughs> their time to shine. <laughs> what was the last one you said? The the, the rapture bird? The rapture bird? Yeah, yeah, so maybe the rapture bird was in retrograde that year. That's what it was! Yeah, there oh, you go. Oh, shit. Somebody should tell Andrew to put that on the shirt ASAP. Wow, so... I feel like I'm forgetting so much about anxiety, but maybe it's just because of my anxiety yeah we're so anxious um what are your ticks tell me your ticks again real quick so my ticks are my hair playing with it doing stuff to it this what i'm doing right now yeah but you know like when my hair was long which is like a huge part of the reason why i wear it short is because i'm a twirler like Mm. when i'm anxious but it's not like a cute twirl it's like i get into (laughs) it like this and i'm pulling on it and like my head like sinks into my body and like people are just like diana stop stop it stop doing that i had a boss my last boss who would try so hard and like snap at me and be like come on stop like try to help me break the habit but like it's worse once it starts like it's it's over and my hair will get so stiff and greasy and like and broken from it so that's one okay (laughs) another one is 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 fidgeting with usually my phone so like now it's not a flip phone obviously but i've got a case on it Mm. so i just do this all the time all day where i'm just taking the bottom corner of the case off and then clipping it back on again over and over again never stopping for no reason whatsoever so there's that one let's see what else i bite my lips my lips are just i i never have nice looking lips they're just always chewed to death including also the inside of my cheeks Mm. i chomp them I chomp them and I chomp them in my sleep, so there's no stopping that one. Yeah. Um, well, you can probably get a mouth guard. Like, y- the anxiety about me having to wear a night guard <laughs> is worse than me <laughs> chomping the inside of my mouth. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'll never sleep next to anyone ever again if I have to wear a, n- a mouth guard. Better than CPAP. I had to wear one of those for uh, about a year when I got super overweight really rapidly. Um, that overweight. Oh, yes, I was. I gained 45 pounds in less than a year, Avalon. That was a lot of stress on my body. When was that? That was 2011 when I lived in South Carolina. So you didn't see me in person. And I never took pictures that weren't at a MySpace angle. uh, So you would not have seen. But it was very, very bad. And it was very, very rapid. Well, you're also pretty short. So I guess that is a lot. It is a lot. I yo-yo. So 45 to me is kind of like, yeah, that's. That's all, that's pretty bad, but it's not like the end of the world. Yeah, it was a lot, and it was super quick, and my joints suffered, and oh. my breathing oh. suffered, and my heart suffered, and it was bad. Uh, but I had to wear a CPAP at night for a little while because I was not breathing in my sleep, which was um, making me super tired during the day, which was making me gain more weight because I was not going outside of my house. Yeah. Uh, so that was 
uh, bad, but I didn't sleep next to anyone during that time, so that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. How scary. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm uh, glad you're doing better. Me too. I'm glad you're doing better. We're doing good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You're doing What good. other tics you have? You said something about your hands. Um, my hands, so like playing at the back of my hair, playing with my hair, twirling mm. my hair, flipping at my phone. That's it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I see my ability to make eye contact goes away. Completely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's gone. Like, I mean, I already am pretty bad with that in like general, but Same. it just goes yeah. completely away. Yeah. It's non-existent. I can't make it happen at all. Diana, are you ever in a situation where you have to do icebreakers? Icebreakers like, um, like getting to know you bullshit. I do that a lot, I think. Do you? Probably, yeah. Well, like, like in an official capacity, like do you have to do that at work? Uh, not really. No, no, no. I don't have to do that with, with staff at work. Um, I, I mean, I have to get to know patients like in 30 seconds constantly, but that's Yeah, no, I mean like yeah. in a very annoying organized way. No, um, I haven't had to do that in a long time. Francis has to constantly, and he went to a conference a couple months ago where the icebreaker for the workshop was that you had to make unbroken eye contact with a stranger. <laughs> Oh, for like hell two no. minutes <laughs> and I, I think that I mean yes haha that would be miserable I don't think I could physically do it I no, think that, I that would, would not. trigger like my first panic attack in years yeah no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it I think it might make me cry <laughs> yeah and then they'd be like oh see the power of emotion I'd be like kill you yeah there's no yeah no that's Oh. Oh, I don't even know if I could do that with like someone very close to me. <laughs> or I could, but it would be extremely uncomfortable. And I would have to this start year, to make, like it funny. On Eagle Island. That should be. I'm going to make unbroken eye contact with you for two minutes. It's a new <laughs> Olympics activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Misery. No, that's awful. Yeah. I hate it. I hate icebreakers. I hate having to even just go around the room and be like, what's one interesting thing about yourself? Like, I don't even... Okay, I forgot my name. I forgot my own name. Please move along. Yeah. No. And, like, you're not even listening to other people because you're panicking about when it comes to you and you have to answer this stupid question. So I just what's write the it point? down over and over and over again. My name is Avalon. I grew up in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> this is my major... Like, I have to keep writing it. Because when it gets to you, you're going to be like... My name is Flim Flam. My name is Flim Flam. I'm a Flim Flam man. <laughs> I'm from Mars. Beep, boop, beep. My most interesting feature is my phalange. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, there's no. I for breakfast. The worst. Awful. Team destroying exercises. Destroying. I was really proud this past semester, though. We, I had to give, like, 10,000 group presentations. And somebody in one of my groups said that I was really good at seeming like I knew what I was talking about when I don't. Like, that's I an excellent like a compliment. Huge deal, because normally I want to die. When it yeah, comes to no, that's speaking. big. I think that's burlesque. Like I think that I, I do think that's helped me a little bit. Absolutely right. That that, that performative confidence is definitely there. Yeah, makes All sense. Right. All right, what do we want from the listeners? Because I want them to interact with this one more than maybe any other episode. Ugh. I want the silliest things that you've ever uh, avoided because of anxiety. I want your best anxiety memes because I live for them. So send them. Send them my way. I want all the memes. 
I still am caught on the mean thing. <laughs> That's fine. Do you want to say it? And then if it's too mean, we'll okay. cut it out. So I'm having a hard time, and I know it might just be West Coast culture, but I have internalized a lot of shame for a lot of years about anxiety. And I do not like this culture of expecting society to accommodate your anxiety. I need you to suck it up and be miserable and develop a dark sense of humor to deal with it and deal with it privately. And I do not need to see people who are taking meeting notes while sitting under the boardroom table because it makes them feel more comfortable if they don't have to make eye contact with people. And that is acceptable in a workplace. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that. I get I, I get that. And But I also think it's sort of like a... I was never allowed to be accommodated, so you shouldn't be accommodated either. That's which, literally what it is. Yeah, which is, you know. And I don't not think if you have a true anxiety disorder, you should be able to ask for accommodations. You should be too <laughs> fucked up in your own brain to be able to even ask, to draw the attention to yourself. I could not, I actually, yeah, I can't imagine asking for, for accommodations for my anxiety. Really, I'm just apologizing all the time yeah. for it. Deal it's, with your shit more in like, the closet. Take all of yeah. your lunches in a bathroom stall. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than get to know someone. <laughs> yeah, m mine happen locked behind a door. Oh. And if an employee wanders in to say, clean the floors, I'm going to have, <laughs> have, have a situation on my hands. Yeah. I just transferred yeah. to a new school in high school, and I just ate all my lunches in the bathroom. That's what you do. That's what you do. It is. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I I like I like that you you have different perspectives. I just need I just I struggle with the accommodations because asking for accommodations is part of my anxiety. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, no, you're giving people with anxiety an even worse name. Yeah. But that's not fair. That's just that's just me. That's that's what comes from the self-hatred that comes with uh, living with that's anxiety. That's what it is. Where's uh -huh. the self-hatred? It yeah. doesn't count if you don't hate yourself. <laughs> if you don't have the sense to know that you should be ashamed, then it doesn't count. Yeah. And also, everyone, don't be ashamed of your anxiety. <laughs> um, it's... No, it's something that is is not necessarily a a good and normal thing. It's something that I wish we didn't experience and I wish that you didn't have to suffer through. But it's also something that you didn't ask for. And that is really difficult and a very, very long journey to get any relief from uh, and sort of an ongoing journey to get relief from it, too, because it doesn't usually go all the way away just sort of improves slightly over time with work and medication and effort and mindfulness and things like that let it feed you <laughs> let it feed your creativity and or sense of humor yes so send me all your jokes and memes about anxiety because that's what i want the most and stories and silly things and um, if you could relate to any of the things that we said, uh, please tell us because I want to hear that and it also makes me feel validated. So, uh, yeah. yeah, do it. Um, tell me all about that. And I think, think I that's... I want to know how, how you cope with your anxiety comically, like privately. Like, yeah. how do you maintain the facade? Like, what do you do <laughs> in your office so that your boss thinks that you're fucking normal? Yeah. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah. I want to hear about that, too. Yeah. All right. 
That's anxiety. That's anxiety. That's all. There's nothing more. There's nothing else about it. Don't Don't learn about it. Don't look it up anywhere else. Uh -uh. Don't listen to your therapist. It's just what we talked about right here. We are certified therapists. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, since that is all there is to say about anxiety, we should probably wrap it up. Say goodbye until next week. Yeah, what are you doing after this, Avalon? I'm going and having that fucking meeting. (laughs) You better tell me how it goes. Um, I am going to eat something uh, because I just realized I haven't had anything except for this one half of a white chocolate penis. All that's left are the balls. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's my least favorite part, so. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Speaking of meat sticks, apropos of nothing, when we were driving and we passed a Mediterranean restaurant, Andrew was like, I hate, it's just all meat sticks. I hate, it's just (laughs) meat on a stick. And I thought that he knew, but he didn't know. So you should talk to him about that. Oh, man. He doesn't know about that? That seems weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, Oh, yeah. No, all I eat, all I subsist on is just meat on sticks. Yeah. That's it. That's wonderful. Yeah. In In my food life and in my personal life. Yep. Um, yeah, so, all right, guys. So, all right. Oh, so email anyway, us. social media, email, blah, yes. blah, blah. So, please reach out to us on social media. Tell us all of these things that we have asked for. You can find us at Cast on Twitter, at Podcast on Instagram, Podcast on Facebook, or you could search Podcast on YouTube and see some of our other stuff there. Right. Um, my script just crashed so i'm going to say that you can listen to us wherever you are currently listening to us but you can also listen to us on stitcher podbean google play spotify itunes and a thing that i've never heard of that you mentioned last time it's like you didn't cast box cast box cast box yay um, which still perplexes me because I didn't apply for that one. Um, We're just that good. You can also email us, mm. um, which some people have. We're still getting turtles. Thank you, Zachary. Are um, you serious? Mm-hmm. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Send us memes. Send us all of them. Anxiety memes, turtles, and things that validate my sexual attraction to Prince Diamond. Yeah, we haven't gotten anything about that, and that is a shame. Please help us, okay? All right, I gotta go eat something. Probably some meat on a stick. Okay, I gotta go do a thing that makes me sweaty. All right, I love you. Bye. Bye.